Welcome to another episode of Reformation Roundtable. My name is Joe Stout, and Reformation Roundtable exists as a place for us to work out together as a community what Reformed theology means and how we can gather like-mindedness around it. We seek to plant a Reformed church in Lewis County, and so we've been having fellowship nights and discussion nights, one on Sunday evenings, one on Thursday evenings. The following is the audio from a Thursday night discussion where we discussed the bylaws of this church, the order of worship or the liturgy that we will be using and practicing on the Lord's Day, as well as biblical eldership and the qualifications for that. Now, there was a slight technical glitch in my recorder this week. Basically, I use a battery-powered recorder to record in a fairly high-resolution audio format, and the battery died. So it happens around, I think, the 45 to 50 minute mark. You're going to notice a, a little bit of a gap. The, the conversation kind of cuts off, and then it's gonna start up again, and the quality is gonna be a little bit worse, maybe a little bit louder, but a little bit worse, because I had to pull out my phone and finish recording uh, using the microphone on my phone. So uh, not a lot of the conversation was missed, maybe three or four minutes, and so the, the flow of the conversation should go without too much interruption, but just know there was a, a little bit of a, of a glitch there. If you would like to join us to plant this Reformed Church, we're actually looking for 10 founding families to, to actually go live with Lord's Day worship. We're sitting at about eight right now. So we need a couple more before we can go live. We'd love to do that in March. And if we can do it in March, that'd be wonderful. If not, April's fine. We are waiting on the providence of God to provide the families that we need. Um, but if you'd like to consider it, head on over to lewiscounty.church. You can listen to past episodes. You can uh, contact us via the contact form. And there's also an events tab where you can look and see what's coming up. Uh, we, are, we have a discussion on Thursday nights, and that's actually when we have the roundtable discussion. And then we have a fellowship night on Sunday evenings. And that's not, it's not Lord's Day worship, but it is fellowship. That's the time that we get together to practice for when we actually can go to Lord's Day worship. So that's enough for me. I'm going to go ahead and play the audio. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you are blessed by it. And I hope you join us as we seek the glory of Christ here in Lewis County. Uh, Thad, do you want to open this up? Gracious and loving Father, we thank you so much that um, you have called each one of us, you've called us into your kingdom to uh, to serve you and to um, worship you. Mm -hmm. We thank you for this opportunity to um, be uh, workers in your kingdom to um, develop or to build this church and um, we pray for wisdom and direction and we pray for um, unity as we talk through some of the issues that it takes to build a church we just um, pray for your guidance and Lord above all else that we would honor you with our words with our discussions with our um, reading of your scripture and in all things that we would bring glory and honor to you and uh, we just give this evening to you in Christ's name we pray Amen. 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 Thank you, Dad. I'd like to uh, get through four things today. Well, when I say get through, I mean like get into four things. <laughs> Maybe we'll resolve, probably won't resolve any of them. <laughs> but um, we've got bylaws, 
Um, and we're, we're kind of moving in the direction now where any major problems people have with bylaws, we really need to get those over to Dave. And so I think we'll start, uh, we'll start kind of the discussion here with, uh, with bylaws issues and, hey guys, welcome. Bylaws issues, anything, any issues people might have with bylaws and that kind of thing. Um, then we'll move on to the um, biblical ownership. Hey, Abby, good to see you. Yeah, you did. Um, so then we'll we'll talk about uh, biblical eldership. Uh, those that aspire to the office, or who maybe are thinking of others who might be aspiring to the office, and that they think that they should that they should aspire to it. Um, we'll talk about the um, order of service, the liturgy, a little bit. Just go over what we did last week and how we can improve it, and the things that need to be uh, adjusted. And then we'll have a really fun discussion on the name of the church. So we'll find out uh, who can come up with the longest church name. <laughs> we can abbreviate it down to like you seven are, letters. Uh, you're really optimistic, Joe. That's, yeah, uh, that's right. That sounds like about five weeks of work you just went through. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. There, there's, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot to it. Uh, I'll, I'll start with, as far as the bylaws go, um, there's not a lot in the bylaws that... I struggle with, and so um, it's a pretty short discussion as far as that goes, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, let's start with that, and let's just open up to any 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 issues that people have that they really feel would need, you know, there could be phrasing things that need to be changed, and, and the phrasing things I think are, are fine. I don't think that's going to be a big issue um, if we want to, you know, change something from the absence of a scandalous lifestyle to a life filled by walking in the spirit. I don't think that that's going to be a problem. Um, but if there's bigger ticket items that we really kind of need to slog out, let's do it. I, I have something that may be more on the phrasing aspect of it. I'm sure it's a topic everyone talks about or wants to talk about, but uh, it's under the transgender. What page? Page nine. Okay. All right, let's get in it. <laughs> Number five? That's yeah. uh, that Number six? Five. five. Oh, five. Oh, we reject. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I agree with the sentiment. The, uh, let's say like could, third. Can we, we get it read? It's not too long. I forgot my. Yeah, um, we reject, reject transgenderism as a perversion of God's good creational order. There are only two sexes, male and female. Sex is not fluid, it is binary. We reject the notion that gender is determined by one's feelings or is detachable from biological and bodily givens. God forms each person genetically as a distinct male or female from the moment of conception. As God is a creator and makes each of us either male or female, we cannot unmake and remake ourselves into the opposite sex. Sex is an immutable feature of our identity as creatures. Thus, it is impossible for anyone to change his or her sex. Thank you, Kurt. So, I don't know the answer to this, but God forms each person genetically as a distinct male or female from the moment of conception. There are cases where it's not a, even genetically, a distinct. Yeah. The kind of Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are people with, you know, all the bits and people with, you know, not that I, I say, I still agree with mm -hmm. the entire sentiment of that, but it may just be a, a phrasing 
Right. Would we would we say that in that particular consider in that particular sense, it's not. Um, it's like if somebody's born with a birth defect, mm -hmm. you you don't think like well, so and so doesn't have uh, an arm, and so therefore they're a protected class now, and they've got this this whole thing that we have to really be careful that our language is not, you know, armist or something like that. Where, um, in, in so in a similar in a similar sense, if somebody is is born with any type of genetic um, abnormality, that's that's not really so much what this is talking about, right? But but if I'm understanding you, you're saying that um, the genetically God forms each person, person genetically as a distinct male or female from the moment of conception. Does anybody know, maybe you do, of with people who are hermaphrodite? Uh, I'm even saying that right? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it X chromosome, X chromosome? XXY. That's XXY? Yeah, but but there are like other... So there's variants there on yeah. that. So it's both. Uh, I think you could have an XYYY or XYY or XXY. Okay. And I don't know. I'm I'm not an expert on it. I just sure. <laughs> I, won't, I won't claim to be an expert. I, I know historically they tip, typically the parents would determine kind of which mm -hmm. direction they would want to go or whatever. Right. You know, and then there's something they can do. I don't know. There's some medical intervention to kind yeah, of and, promote and, promote a certain trajectory. And, lot, and lots of surgery right at the beginning in that case? Or you know that? I don't know. And lots of people, yeah, the they don't even... about this, though, it's, it's like people that like to talk about abortion. And the only thing they ever want to bring up is, well, what about rape? Mm -hmm. The fringe... Yeah. yeah, the very fringe. So, I mean, it, I, I think the thrust of it is accurate, period. And no, if you no. don't like that exact wording, I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's fine because just what, like you what's said. Fi what's fine? Well, the exact wording of it is this. God made uh, all of us but one here male. And then one he made female and... Bang! That's it. It's over. It's done. Mm -hmm. That that is what they're the thrust of what they're saying there is, and that's fine. We can beat this around for the next hour and come up with some medical things. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate though Kirby's uh, Kirby. Well, I'm not putting though. Kirby down about it. I'm just saying that that's my two cents about it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would have been blank. God made Kirby a male, and Addie a female. Mm -hmm. There you go. Right. And, and you can have some fringe things out there. If you want to deal with that, you can as it pops up, I guess. But Is there a way you would phrase that differently, that, that line? Um, I, I don't know the answer. Yeah. Like, Maybe like absence of genetic mutation, God forms each person genetically, is it? something like that. Even that may <laughs> like leave too much room for interpretation because well, I'm, genetically I'm predisposed to Right. So I, I, you know, I, I'm a male, but I, I identify as yeah. a female. You know, because right. because of my hormonal imbalance or whatever. Right. Yep. It, like I said, I don't know the answer. Sure. I I want to say that as is written, this is you could say this is factually incorrect. That one. Yeah. Got it. Well, I mean, as God created things, though, we were created male and female. Yeah. The hermaphrodite situation and all that fringe stuff is a result of the fall. Mm. So, you know, the way things God created, that is how God created them as it is. But it's right. not what that says, though. 
Yeah. I Maybe that should be added yeah. as a result of the fall. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So then when you say the result of the fall, the any one of us in here could <laughs> claim. I was right. going to say that the, the problem is if we, if we, get, if we start getting dancing around with the wording, um, if yeah. in our current culture, if we give an inch, they mm -hmm. take a mile. And I think if you uh, in any way try to, with the exception of even yeah. if it's you know based on scientific fact, which mm -hmm. right now is a loose term. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah. religious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You know, there was there was a group of men that came up with that, mm. doing just exactly what we're all doing, and um, you know, there's there's always that argument. Well, with particularly with um, the, the the gay lifestyle and all that. Well, God made me this way. Mm -hmm. So I think there it seems like they're just taking it. They're they're setting it down pretty firm. We're not buying it. Mm -hmm. You know. We, we're we'll love on you, and we're gonna we'll, yeah. we'll do whatever we can to um, demonstrate certain things, but we're not gonna you know. It's kind of like I said in that sermon. You know, if if a if a if a boy wants to change his name to Jill, you know, I will I'll call him Jill, but I won't call him her or they or them. I won't do that because God made him a boy. Mm. And that's kind of how I that's kind of how I see it, and I think that might be what they're trying well, to do in there. I'm completely fine with that, <laughs> but it's just if if we change the context of this, said God forms each person genetically to have ten fingers, and from the moment of conception, right? Does everyone is everyone born with ten fingers? No, no, and we wouldn't argue about that. Mm. So, yeah, I think I, I, I think part of part of my problem in this. I don't know anything about, the, it seems like any time I've ever known of somebody who, who was hermaphrodite or, was, you know, had that, they've always presented very strongly one way or the other. It's, it's always, it's, it's never been like a, I don't know, kind of situation. So even though at a genetic level, there might be a, a mutation that, that does not scientifically make that genetic portion accurate, I mean, to put in any other language, I think would be possibly pretty dangerous. <laughs> um, you know, but dangerous to what? I mean, what are we afraid of? I guess that's the question. Yeah, well, if you, if you, I, when I say dangerous, I just mean that it would. What we don't want to um, compromise even an inch on is the fact that that hermaphrodite was not created in the image of God, and that in some way wisdom would dictate wisdom that is not of this world. Would dictate the, the proper way of, of welcoming them into the, into the life into the life of the church, and so. The I'm sorry. I think I just missed what you said. Did you say that Amphrodite was not created in the image of God? No, no, no. That, oh, that they okay. are. No. <laughs> so I, I was like, I couldn't get past those. I was like, wait, what did he just <laughs> say? If I, if I said that wrong, let me clear the record. That's I, what I, thought I mean, I heard. That, that they are yes, made okay. in the image of God. Okay. That um, it's it seems the vast majority of this these very rare cases are going to physically present in a very distinct way one way or the other and that to open this up for anything other than male and female is not dangerous like oh no the church is going to fall apart but dangerous as you know dangerous from the standpoint of we are you know we are holding on to the truth that is found in Genesis chapter 1 um, and, and that's the that's the thing that I don't want to compromise that 
the God made the male and female. Christ is quoting that passage, and we should be, you know, it, it should be a total worldview change for us, the fact that God made us male and female. And the fact that the secular world is attacking this shows how much they hate the image of God. I mean, Christ didn't say, except for those that are, you know. Right, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily takes anything away to just take that sentence out. Yeah, that, because I, if, I think the thing is, yeah. everything is still communicated there. Sex is not fluid. It is binary. We reject the notion that gender is determined by one's feelings or is detached from biological and body givens. As God is the creator and makes each of us either male or female, we cannot unmake or remake ourselves, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't think that it, I don't know. Can I yeah. Is, is there an implication in that sentence that God makes mistakes? Because what if, what if the, I'm just, I'm just asking, mm. you know, but is, is there an implication there when the hermaphrodite does present to you and, you, and sees that and goes, well, what happened to me then? You know, God makes male or female, and then somebody presents who has the chromosomes that could, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just asking the question. I'm not trying to make I, I think it would be prudent to, to go along with, with the wording we have as far as like it, an acknowledgement of the order God has created of things, and then worry more about, I mean, that's such a rare genetic mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. I mean, we're literally, you know, squabbling over heavy little things here. Um, that in the if in the event that somebody you know that, that issue came up, I think we should address it in that situation at that point, and not right now. <laughs> yeah, not, I appreciate I appreciate that coming you bringing that up, Kirby. I think that's really good. Um, yeah. I, I think it's good to be aware that that language is in there and that that could be an issue down the road. And just be, I think I think we ought to I think we ought to leave it as is and, and, and move on if you're good with that. I don't want to dis disregard it. Like I said, I I completely agree. With you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any other any other issues? Uh, go ahead. That first sentence of number five, the rest of the paragraph makes it very very clear, of course, what it's saying. But that first sentence says we reject transgenderism as a perversion of God's good creational order. It almost sounds like. We reject the idea that it's a perversion. We reject transgenderism, and transgenderism, the object, is a perversion of God's good creational order. It says as. Right. Or as it is a perversion of God's. Right. But you see it's I mean. missing an it. Could be an it. We reject transgenderism as a perversion of God's good creation. There's two ideas, though, that we're rejecting it. What are we rejecting? Transgenderism. Why are we rejecting it? Because it's an act, it's a, a, a version of God's good creation order. I'm just saying that sentence could be, if it was just standing by itself, right. could be read as rejecting the claim that it's a perversion. Right. Anyway. We reject the claim that it's a perversion. Oh, yeah, like if the as oh was is instead. Yeah. We, we reject is. transgenderism is a perversion of God's good creation. All right, what you're saying. As is. Yeah, yeah. Right. As it, I mean. There we go. We'll sure tell after that everything was accepted, but we put an it in there. <laughs> he can figure out what it is. Yeah, right. Find it. For it is. Uh, Find the it. <laughs> all right, what else? 
So I don't know, Joe. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't want to take over this evening. Nope. So you won't take uh, it over. Is this something we should? Well, maybe I should make a list and send it to people. I don't. I don't want to. Well, t let's start with your most your your top priority. My top priority. Well, I think. Uh, let's see. My top priority. I didn't. I didn't prioritize them. Um, while, while you're while you're looking at the, can I can I just make a, a statement here? Um, I was listening to a discussion um, between some guys who were talking to a gentleman in Canada, um, a pastor in Canada, and they were talking about some of the issues in uh, the Canadian church right now with laws being passed and things. Mm -hmm. And I was just noticing here, um, six, talking about gender dysphoria, um, should not be used to create a pregnant class of persons, and which one's feelings override the facts of biology. We already kind of discussed some of that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in, in Canada right now, there's, there's some laws that are in the works that make it so that the the church and even parents are not allowed to seek out any kind of guidance or counseling for an individual who is in a state of gender dysphoria. Um, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, Canada is right across the border, and I think that's concerning. I think we definitely need to, I, I think, I think um, what we were talking about earlier with the, the prior um, item, line item there, um, I think we definitely need to be very firm on what we believe mm. on this and very clear because I have a feeling. I don't think we have to look to Canada. I mean, Biden is already, yeah, the, his executive orders is right down the line. Well, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Obviously, I don't think we're, we're very far <laughs> from being in the same boat where it's we're in the same there's actually right. going to be laws in place where you can go to jail for right. trying to say, no, no, son, you need to. Then the bylaws come off the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can't read the bylaws? Well, <laughs> You gotta go learn the secret shake. Yeah, learn the secret shake. Oh golly. Um. So, um, what were you saying? What were you saying, Spencer? I don't understand. Oh, I'm just saying. I think that that we need to be diligent in, in ensuring that we we have our understanding and our wording of of our thought process on this down pretty clearly because mm -hmm. I think. I think not too long down the the pike here, we're going to be mm -hmm. seeing laws in this country that make it where, if you know, if Timmy decides that Timmy is attracted to boys, and mom and dad say, no, no, that's that's not okay. We're going to have you talk to you know pastor, whoever about um, you know what God has to say, and maybe get you counseling, Christian counseling. Um, that that may be illegal. I mean, that's what's going on in Canada right now. Like you can go to jail for seeking that out. Right. Um, so, are you saying we should kind of soften the? No, 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 no. I think we should. I think if anything, we should make it very clear and concise. Um, yeah. I'm just saying. I think we need to make a stance on it because the culture is headed the other direction. Mm. There could be a little persecution. I mean, we could have Ron be the first guy to go to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. So, so Any volunteers? All, the, all those in favor of Ron being the first one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they burn people at the stake anymore. So uh, I guess yeah. Ron did it. All right. So it could be just a one of the high priorities. Okay. Ones. So under church government, that's D. That's uh, the H. Page 12. Um, let's see. Sixth bullet. Nope. I lost track of what I was doing. Where is it? Uh, the ninth bullet. 
So I can read it out loud. It says, we believe the sign gifts that were apparent in the first century church were not given as a normative pattern for subsequent generations. We deny that a church must manifest such gifts in order to please God in worship. Um, I don't have a big problem with the sentence. I just am cute, concerned why it's in there. But I, what I do have a concern with is the scripture verses that they quote to support that. And that's, I just think it's a misinterpretation of scripture um, from my perspective that I'm absolutely willing to take. Um, guys, from you guys. Are you going to do a jail again, Jerry? That's right. What's that? Ron wants to give up his place at jail. He wants to get a jail free card. And we've, we've talked about the cessationism in here before, and I, I am very much concerned about that. And, and I, it seems to me like this is a leaning down that road of kind of protecting from... Does this talk about cessationism? Or is that as much as it talks about cessationism? No, this is it. That's, this I just read the whole right. thing, yeah. Okay. Um, the concern to me is the First Corinthians 13. And we can read that passage. Yeah, you want to read it? Okay. Yeah. Page 13. yeah, start about verse 8. I mean, that's exactly that, that, I think that'd be a good spot. <laughs> It's hard to tell if he's joking sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm looking at it. That's what the, that's what the um, scripture text is. It starts with verse 8. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have the page. Okay. 8 through 13. It says, love never through, fails, yeah. but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Um, so my concern there is it seems like they're quoting this verse to say that prophecies no more, tongues are no more, knowledge is no more. The only thing that's still present is love. And I, I think that's a gross misinterpretation of the scripture in my opinion. But, um, and again, my main question is why is that in there? Why is that necessary? What is that protecting against? What is it doing for the church, you know, et cetera? I think, I think, and, and Dave would know better. But I think it's in there, in order to prevent someone who. Uh, sometimes people will challenge you if you don't speak in tongues. Yeah. Well, you may not be filled with the Spirit or whatever. Yeah. I think it's. Right. I think it's an effort to say no one is more spiritual than another person uh, if they have this gift and you don't. I, I think that's kind of what they're after, maybe. I don't know. Well, if it is, maybe we should just say that. Well, the but, whole chapter in 13 is speaking about the importance of love. Right. So the comparison of the gifts to love are minor. So some of those things, you know, whether they're exactly as they put it there, I think he's trying to explain, no thanks, uh, um, that uh, the permanence of love is always going to be part of the church whether tongues are going to be or not. I don't know if he's saying no, they won't be, or prophesying in the sense of uh, prophesying that like the Old Testament stuff. Right. Uh, so anyways, I think that we need to keep the context of that whole chapter. That chapter, is a, it's a love chapter. And that's the permanence of it. I mean, it needs to go on and on and on. Hmm. And he's just saying, you know, you go ahead and speak in tongues, and you go ahead and prophesy, and that's good, but that's nothing compared to love. Absolutely. You know, I could see this being 
um, written a lot more strongly than it is because they don't use the term cessationism. Um, and they don't even say that the gifts have ceased, although I would suspect that most people within CREC would be of that persuasion, that the gifts have ceased. But what they say is that the signs were there and that what happens in the first century church is not, if we're not experiencing the same things that they are, there's not something wrong with us. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's not a, we're, we're not, there's not a bug in our worship if we're not speaking in tongues or prophesying or healing. That's what I was trying to say, John. So they're making, I mean, okay, now it sounds like we're making excuses, like we're not, I mean, I don't know, I just, um, I don't want to be a part of a church that just ignores a huge section of the New Testament. I just, that how, troubles how, me. How is this ignoring the, a huge section? Well, of just like you said, that we're kind of like saying, well, you know, we're not, we don't practice the signs like you've seen in the past, and it's okay. Don't don't worry about it. We're we're fine. We're healthy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should say. You know, I'm not saying that my my Christianity is driven by my experience of signs and wonders. I'm just saying they're very present in the New Testament, and Christ talks about them, and Paul talks about them, and you know everyone that we read talks about them. Um, and I I never pursue. I would never say we need to pursue the signs, but to say I'm okay that I'm not experiencing any signs just seems like a cop out to me. So hmm. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't know why you would want to put it in the writings of a of a bylaws of a church. Um, that's my concern. And, and, and is it a subtle way to kind of lead into... Can you please, God, can you please God without manifesting those gifts? Yeah, I, I don't think that, um, that the pleasing of God is, has to do with my work, you know? I mean, like, the, the, the signs that you... Ex so, so none of us are making this case, I don't think. But the case could be made by maybe more of a a charismatic Christian, that unless you're speaking in tongues, unless you're doing these things, the Spirit of God is not present in you. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this just one-on-one. Yeah, -on -one. There's the idea, the ridiculous notion that there's spirit-filled Christians and non-spirit-filled right, Christians. Right. And so I, I don't think this is so much like, you know, God can no longer work through signs ever again. I don't think it's saying that. I think it's saying that uh, if your church is not healing people it's not there's not like different languages being spoken there if there's not you're not raising people from the dead and that kind of thing that's not a sign that god is not happy with you because you don't need those signs to please god yeah. whereas maybe the, the charismatic would say that's a sign that god loves you or the prosperity gospel preacher says if you're poor that's a sign that you're displeasing god because if, if you had money that means god loves you right, right. Um, that's that's how i would see that to me the term normative allows some exceptions. Like I was saying, my brother-in-law, PCA pastor, ordained, you know, in the PCA, saw some things in Africa that he simply... <clears throat> right? Well, I think yeah. this, this other passage they quote, too, um, if you read a little past the end of verse 22, um, I think Paul... talking about 14 verses 20 through 22. Yeah, I think, I think Paul is sort of saying exactly what you just said, is it's like, these things have Where their place. Um, this is in the King James. It's, it's so 1 it's Corinthians 14, 20 through 22. Oh, He's right. saying a little Sorry. bit. Yeah, go ahead. I, 
I just don't have the paper. It says, uh, brethren, be not, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that they... For all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, are one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. <clears throat> so I think, I think it's... Can, uh, can you define prophecy as it's used, being used in this context? Mm -hmm. Speaking uh, truth or speaking uh, prediction? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Just, is he talking about just speaking... The word truth <laughs> over people. Yeah, yeah. right? Okay. I just want to be clear on it. So, so I, I think just like Paul's making the point that, like, we can't be doing those things all the time. Like he said, it's not normative. It's not the norm in the church because otherwise people come and be like, these guys are nuts. <laughs> they're all babbling nonsense. Mm -hmm. But they're I drunk. Think, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I would press back a little bit. You, you stopped too early. Yeah. Verse 26 says, yeah. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, mm -hmm. a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. Mm -hmm. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time, and someone must mm -hmm. interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the other, you know, so this sounds not like this is not normative. Just say if when it happens, it needs right. to happen in an orderly mm -hmm. fashion where you're not just babbling all over the place. And I have a tongue, so I'm going to stand up and take over the sermon, you know. Yeah. But it's more, it's along the lines of this stuff is happening, but this is how it should happen, mm -hmm. right? You you don't speak a tongue unless there's it's going to be interpreted, because otherwise it's just going to be babbling. It's not going to do anything good for anybody, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So uh, again, I. It's confusing that he's quoting these two verses for that. It seems like this I is agree. saying the opposite of that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so that that's, and, and, and again, that's, I don't want to be, uh, <laughs> um, there's, there's at least four or five places where the scripture that they use to support something just really troubles me. Because I feel like it's a mishandling of scripture, and I don't. That concerns me. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's it's using something out of context to try to make a point, and I'm not even sure I like the point or what the point is. You know? Well, I I don't see how this scripture references saying the opposite. I I I mean, yes, it does it does go on to talk about how church should be done in an orderly way, um, which is ironic when you when you think about what pops in your head when you think of charismatic worship services. Well, like, be careful, because um, there are charismatic worship services that are actually done like this. No, I, 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 I'm just saying that... I've been the, a part of the, But that the... If you think what pops into your head, what yeah. pops into right. most people's head is... The Toronto Blessing or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not what you would necessarily call order. Sure. Um, but, but as far as, like, the... the, um, the 
the First Corinthians thirteen portion. That seems like a that seems like a good connection for why the um, the church going forward after the first century, after the fall of the temple and the the complete transition from Judaism over to Christianity, the Jews are now a completely different entity than they were before, that there would be something that would, at least you could say, would be unique to the first century that we just simply can't experience the way they did. Just in the same way we can't experience the same type of reformation that our Protestant forefathers experienced because God was doing something unique to that time. Now, in this particular case, it was he was writing the New Testament. Um, but but I see I don't see those those proof texts or and I know I know I know that's a, a phrase people don't like to, uh, to use but I don't see those those scripture connections as being mishandled and maybe that's an opinion but that's but I see that 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 is that's, that helps clarify that I don't need the gifts as as shown in First Corinthians thirteen and fourteen I don't need those gifts um, to please God and I think that's the, the main you, the main you, so you're saying that's what you think uh, Corinthians 13, 8 through is saying, that I don't need the gifts to please God? Yeah, that, that love, love continues. That Jesus tells us that the way that people will, the world will know that, we, that we're his people is by our love for one another. Mm -hmm. And that those, those gifts that were shown, and were shown in a mighty way, and they were shown after the Spirit came. You know, before the Spirit came, the... Uh, the apostles were hiding in houses because their, their, their Lord was gone and they were, they were afraid. And then the Spirit came and indwelled them and everything changed. But the Spirit does what he wants to do. And, and one of the major problems that... I'm going to go out down the rabbit trail, so I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> but, I, but I think that the idea that the gift of love, the, the, the fact that love never fails, is the one enduring gift. And that tongues and prophecy and those things may be there or they may not be there, but they're not the normative things. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a different interpretation of what I'm seeing. It, it, this says love never fails. This doesn't mean the gift of love never fails, I think. This means love itself produces lasting fruit. I don't see this as a gift of love that's been placed on a person. I see this as, and if you read back earlier, you know, it's talking about love. It's not talking about a gift of love. It's talking about I speak in tongues of men of angels, so those are gifts. If I speak in tongues of men of angels, do not love, but have not loved. So this is saying that love is patient, love is kind. It's, it, this passage is about saying love is more important than anything else, not as a gift that continues, um, but as a overriding. That's who I mean. God oh, no, is I love. This is this is an aspect of God, and if if we act in love, then the fruit of that is going to last forever. It's not going to cease. Now, if I prophesy. That's going to be good for a time, but there's not a lasting onto the eternity of the fruit of that prophecy. But love is guaranteed. The fruit of love is guaranteed to last on to eternity. And but that's is, why. You don't think love is a gift? I mean, I, I know you think it's a gift, but you don't think of it as a spiritual gift? Um, you mean as one of the gifts of a, a prophet, a teacher, a. Or well, like, like in the context that it's saying here, you know, there's these gifts that are given to people and that love is not the overarching gift that is given to those who have the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, this is not talking about giving gifts to people, but you mean in a different place where it talks about giving gifts. Well, I'm, maybe. I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that it's talking about the spiritual gifts and how they relate to the church. And he's saying that love 
is, and, and maybe I'm maybe this is eisegesis, but I think I'm reading <laughs> into this that love is the is the gift that lasts. And you're saying that it's not a gift. I'm saying this is not talking about it as a gift in this context. It's okay. saying love as in the overall writing like who God is, this is the nature of God, he is love and if you act, if you do a gift, if you exercise a gift without love, then it's, you're not really even exercising the gift. Right? It's, so, it's worthless. It's a claim, you know. So bullet point number nine here, you're, you're worried down the road, like what's the, what's kind of, I don't want to say worst case scenario, but what's something that you feel like is this could cause problems for you um, as you're, you know, seeking to follow Christ and yeah, bring your right. family into it? So uh, the, the, my main concern is the way scripture is being used. Like I said, there's about three or four places that I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Um, the, the other thing is, does I feel like, and, and maybe you guys aren't concerned about it at all because you're um, not as uh, connected to the gifts as I am. I mean, as, as in the, you know, the charismatic or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, I, I think that the charismatic movement is, is, was good and unfortunate at the same time because it went way too far one way and went crazy and there's all kinds of... But at the same time, I think there were some really good things that came because of it that reminded us mm. that, that God is God and he's going to do things that are beyond our control or thought or whatever, you know. And so when we start thinking that God acts this way... You know, I think the charismatic movement is here to say, no, I don't act that way all the time. I act however I want to. You know, So I think there's some real importance in that. And so this concerns, because also, because you, you've also talked about this some, that if that is a movement in this denomination that we are against, there's a secessionism kind of bent. Um, I guess I have to really think seriously about whether mm-hmm. I can be a part of it or not, because I don't, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a, a big concern for me. Um, and then the other thing is, um, again, just questioning why. If it's not against, if it's not trying to lead down to secessionism, then why is it there? What is it trying to prevent? That, that's more what I'm concerned about because um, if these are the bylaws of our church, I want to understand why each thing is there, you know? And what is it, what is it trying to do? What is it trying to protect? What is it trying to, you know, I don't know, whatever. I think the, the in this bullet point, I think the kind of the, 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 the last part, portion of it um, was we, we deny that a church must manifest such gifts in order to please God and worship. Um, I think the must is pretty important because I, I don't think they're saying like this can't happen. I think what they're saying is we, we as a church don't think that that must happen during a service for us to be pleasing God in our worship service. Yeah. Because um, there's some churches that like, oh, well, you guys aren't in the spirit because nobody's speaking in tongues. And, you know, I think they're just trying to prevent somebody from coming into the church and being like, hey, now, wait a minute, you guys aren't really serving God because there's nobody speaking in tongues. It's like, well, that doesn't have to happen for us to be pleasing to God in our worship. Not to say that it can't happen, but that it doesn't have to happen. In in interest of time, Pat, are there other... I mean, would you say that uh, this this bullet point and their handling of Scripture is kind of the... A major, a yeah. Major we we can go back to the very first one. This is kind of what alerted me to the whole thing is, um, and um, somewhat, you know, a little bit of my background. I've been in a lot of different churches and denominations, and I've, I think I've seen a lot of, um, 
abuses of verses in scripture and, and things, you know, that, that they were set down in the first place for a good reason. And at this point, no one knows why it was set down anymore. And then later it becomes something more than it was ever meant to be, you know. Um, and so one, this is back at the very beginning where it's in the preamble, actually, which is the very kind of little paragraph at the beginning. Third paragraph, it says, our intention is to submit to all those principles regarding church order, which are clearly required by scripture or required by um, deductions from scripture which can be understood through good and necessary consequence. I'm not really sure what that sentence means and what is it opening the door for? Because um, again, this is something I've talked about before is that I'm all for something that is clearly supported in scripture. I'm not so um, good with things that are logically reasoned three steps away from scripture, hmm. does that make sense? I mean, I know that we have to engage our mind when we're reading scripture and we have to bring back passages together and, and to, you know, sometimes we have to read this thing, and go, I don't, I'm not sure what that means, so then we read here and here and here, and then together we can see, a, 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 you know, some kind of a, a, you know, a truth in this matter coming forward, but I guess, again, I, I'm not sure what, through good, and I read this to my wife, who's an English major, and she couldn't tell me what it means either, so, but which can be understood through good and necessary consequence. I, maybe the word consequence is what I'm hung up on, but I'm not sure what that sentence means, and I'm afraid what door it opens, mm. I guess. Um, one, of the, one of the thoughts that came to my mind from that is, um, are we sure we should be letting um, women take the Lord's Supper? Well, yes, even though there's no biblical um, explicit mandate for women taking the Lord's Supper. There's no verse that says women must be given the Lord's Supper. Um, we still can deduce from Scripture, even though it's not explicitly written, that women belong at the table. You know, we're also trying to build a church of Pado Baptists and Credo Baptists. So, <laughs> you know, we can. I, I, you, you know, like, like with all of you guys, we all have to, we all have to kind of come to this conviction in a way because we're gonna, we're gonna talk here in a second about the order of service, and I mean, that's kind of boots on the ground worship. You know, right. what, what are we doing? What are we actually doing? So this is a document; it matters. I'm not dis disparaging at all. It's we got to have bylaws. We got to have like a kind of a, a bit of a foundation as to where we are all, we all can kind of congregate with a lot of. Similarities and, and diversity also amongst our thoughts. Well, uh, there's one other thing I going to say is that I thought about our t discussion about the, um, I'm forgetting the name of all these documents. Um, the memorials. The memorials. That we had some trouble with the, with the, uh, um, the Deuteronomy and the, the men, women, yeah. search thing, yeah. Um, and we kind of said, well, okay, it's not that big a deal, no one reads it. But, but then I, also, I went away from that thinking, well, we are going to call a pastor someday. And um, it seems to me like we do need to sort some of that stuff out because if we're calling a pastor, we need to be clear where we are. You know, if we think, because again, it's not like the, I always figure out, what are they called again? Memorials. Memorials. <laughs> we're just like, whoop, I'm getting old. It's a little bit um, ironic. The, the memorials aren't necessarily a, you know, a preaching doc or whatever, but, but again, if that's something that we have trouble with as a group, then um, that is a good thing to note in the 
as far as in the calling of a pastor, there, some of these distinctives need to be laid out. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing I thought of is we're not, in a sense, we are applying to become a car, part of Dave's church. But in another sense, we're not really. We're setting up a church, and we're trying to figure out whether that's the route to go. Now, we're, we're way down this, this route. So, but I only say that because I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to pull out or anything like that. I'm just saying that we don't want to look at, well, I guess we can, I guess we can fit here. I think we want to think about, does this fit? You know? And if it doesn't, how much are they willing to, you know? And, and if, if we say, we really have trouble with these four points, and they say, well, those are four points that are really important to us, and you, then we say, okay, you know? But we won't know that unless we ask. Right, exactly. You know, and, 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 I, and, and it's going to be hard for me to make the case to Dave that we need to take out the cessationist language. Right, for sure. If, it, if it's not like something that is a sticking point for me. Right. So that's why everybody has his email address. You know, you can... No, but, but I, I guess my point, Joe, is I don't think it's a good idea for each, for each of us to go to him with okay. our problems. You know, what I'm saying, if, if I'm the only one who has a problem with that, then it doesn't make sense for me to go... Because in a sense, I'm representing our little group when I come... I'm, I'm not going to say... All of us believe there's a problem here, but mm. the fact that I'm reaching out to him and saying this is a problem, there's some implication that I mean, because otherwise, if everyone else saying no, no, it's not a problem, we love it, you know, and I'm the only one, mm. that that's a different approach. And so I, I, I guess it's important for us to bring some of this stuff up. Yeah, and like absolutely. I said, maybe this isn't the. I'd be happy to write write this stuff up and send it to everyone, and you can all look at it and say, you know, all this stuff points are. You're off yeah, in, you're off in another place, Dad. You know that would be awesome. That would be that would be super good if yeah, you would okay. do that. Um, yeah, we would love to hear that. And just in the because I would really like to get to the order of service. Yeah, and that. it's difficult, I think, to to take a principle or a, a biblical principle and maybe distill it down for one or two sentences, and then and then go and figure out the best verse or best scriptures that may support hmm. the distillation of that that principle for me i you know for me if there's if there's a statement like that in there that might cause enough consternation in people that might might disinvite someone from coming in and checking out the reformed church in lewis county does it need to be there does it absolutely need to be there can cessationist a cessationist uh, argument or the spiritual gifts, why should why can't they just be preached from the pulpit? Why can't they be exegeted and then the application made from the pulpit? Why do they have to be part of that? And I'm again asking that rhetorically. Right. Um, is that is that something that you know in in these instances maybe it's best to just take it out and and say you know what um, we're going to handle it in the, in the pulpit. We're going to handle it by exegeting mm -hmm. scripture. And, and drawing out good application, we're gonna. Uh, you know, Paul Paul is saying this. Every verse in the Bible has one meaning, only only one, not five or six meanings, but it does have many applications. Right. So right. perhaps some of these some of these statements for for the Lewis County Church may not be that we don't need to be that dogmatic about having sure. them included in there. So. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Well, I think Thad, as a way of kind of uh, of wrapping up our talk on the bylaws, because this is this is kind of going to be a, a continual point, but but we do have to get to the point where 
in order for us to become a mission church, we have to have something set up in, by, in our bylaws. Right. And as Kirby pointed out, it was the last week or the week before, these have been amended almost a dozen times. So it's not like the first draft of our bylaws have to be the final draft. Right. It, at least like they, it's like immutable and we can never change it. Um, I do think, though, that we oftentimes will join churches and become parts of churches and even serve and become elders and deacons at churches where we would have bigger problems with their bylaws serving with them than we would have with this set of bylaws starting yeah, from the get. definitely make me want to go read it. Even some pastors that have been in their bylaws just <laughs> what did I That's fine. With Leanna, like we, we went to a church in Georgia that we loved and you know, Leanna holds that place like very highly and mm. stuff. Well, the other day I sent something to her. Like, I just took a screenshot, you know, blocked everything. I'm like, hey, do you agree with this? And, and she's like, hmm, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's one of our stated beliefs on, from, from, <laughs> from the, the, the church, church you guys yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think that's why, where the bylaws are important, but the people are more, but the, and they're not like, it, it's not like a, it's not like one is more. It's not like one doesn't matter and the other one does matter. But the people matter more. Pe- yeah, people, sure. people definitely matter more. The the ideas matter. They're huge. Orthodoxy is critical, but people matter more. And so, as we talk about the order of service, I would, and I think this is a good transition point out of the bylaws because we can continue to talk about these. As we think about the order of service so that we have, yeah. Before we- <laughs> So I guess I would encourage, I don't know if you guys have done this, but I would encourage everyone to, to do the same thing, to really look at the bylaws and, um, I mean, maybe you all have, but, but, you know, I think it is important for us to know what it's saying and even read some of the scripture. And I know it's, it's hard to find time to do it. And I, um, That's a good assignment. But I think it is really important mm-hmm. to look at it and read some of the scripture and, and make sure that, because, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to kind of consolidate all of them, you know, you, if you want to send me an email like, yeah, I actually have a problem with Article 2A or whatever, and this is my issue, maybe kind of write all that up so we can get it all consolidated in one, in one place, and then maybe even talk about, you know, how, you know, which one of these points is there some, some substantial agreement upon right. that would be worth taking today, you know? Sure. Because if it's just, you know, this one issue, like, I didn't quite like the wording, but I can live with it, then... You know, we don't need to take that today. For, I like for, it. So. I like it. The other, the other thing, too, um, Joe, you might want to consider maybe setting aside, like, a, a, if you can get away. I know you guys got massive families and all that. But, like, a Saturday morning or sometime when you can really, you know, spend maybe four hours mm. just grinding it out. Otherwise, if, you, if you're doing one bullet every Thursday, right? you know, and, and yet you get to this point you want to, you, wanna, you know, do the kickoff, but yet you have, you know, there's 14 other bullets that we just haven't gotten to. Right. You know, we're really anxious to get this thing going. You may, you may want to try to do that. Maybe. Well, and I don't, I don't love this, but it might even be good to do it through email some, because the other thing is like, Luke's not here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think it's good to have everyone in on the discussion if we are yeah. looking for points of agreement, you know, yeah. but it is important to have, you know, we'll have so. an online Discussion. Right. I mean, I, I hate that kind of thing, but, but even to just at least narrow down to what are some major issues, and then we can maybe meet to talk about those, mm. you know, face to face, because I really prefer face to face discussion. Right. I don't know. 
to to allow that could First Corinthians 14 verse say 27 be referenced that if there are tongues or whatever that they need to fulfill this section of scriptures. If anyone speaks in tongues, they should be it should be by one or two, almost three, each in turn must be an interpreter, etc., etc. Would that would that fence, I guess you could call it, <laughs> that ability? Are you are you talking about addition to what we're? I mean, yeah, just to regarding the, the question of, of tongues. If scriptures are referenced, that okay, we can allow it if this happens. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's an issue. If they're not saying it can't happen. I'm just. Yeah, I, I. I love what you're saying, but I, I don't think we want to take any more time on it. I think we do want to get to the order of service and. Yeah. Um, no, but, that's. That, I, I see what you're saying there, Dean. That it really is like. Uh, uh, I wish charismatic churches would follow that that verse because it's. I mean, yeah. that's generally the problem is that people are off doing their own thing mm-hmm. in a charismatic it's service. Chaos, yeah. And um. And yeah, if they if they followed that, their or, their worship service would be orderly, yeah. and uh, that wouldn't it wouldn't hamper the Holy Spirit. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, order of service. What do we think? What What do we need? Uh, what do we need to uh, improve upon? What do we need to? I mean, this is this is obviously a first draft. I copied a lot from other orders of service, so this definitely almost none of it came out of my head. Um, but. Uh, but I mean, but the, the layout, everything from the layout to the to the what the, the the standing and the sitting. Kirby had a good question, like why do we stand for some songs? Why do we sit for other songs? I had a reason for it. That doesn't mean that it's the right reason, but it wasn't. It wasn't just for no reason. I guess is maybe the. Was it random? It wasn't. Yeah, it was. It wasn't random exactly. One thing that sticks in my mind about this, and I think it's right place to bring it up is many Christians see worship as preaching mm. Calvary Chapel is a perfect example the number of people who come in in time for the message and skip all the rest of it mm. and I think we need to educate, teach mm. that worship begins when we start the service mm-hmm. and it goes until we end the service and we need to take enough time to I think I think educate is the right word our, uh, our church members along those lines I like the, the uh, liturgy that we've had the last few Sundays I think mm-hmm. you've been doing a good job so mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't go other way to it. No changes it, yeah. could be made. I say people go other way and say that that worship is just the singing. Too. That is, <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We do like a uh, sermon. Uh, uh, we'll preach like, yeah, well, we're still worshiping. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, on on what you're saying there, Ron is um, Dave said that he briefly looked through this and he said from his brief look he said it looked fine. There, you didn't have anything. He didn't have anything. I mean, I, it better look fine because it just copied his. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. But uh, but one of the things he said is that uh, exactly what you just said. He said that 
education teaching on this is going to be critical. And he said that after Easter, uh, he's going to preach six or seven sermons on liturgy, on worship. And he's just said that might be something that's really good for the people, for you guys to to listen in on. Um, Because... You know, like one of the oh, things. I thought you said he was going to offer to come down here and preach. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have to. Oh, we're, Dave, yeah, we'll set it up. Right. For you. <laughs> okay, we got to start tithing next uh, Sunday. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but anyways, you're absolutely right. Why we're doing all of this? There's a reason for it, and it's there's it's not a it's not a uh, we're not snobs we're not uh you know like the uh like any other way of doing it is is horrible and you know it's like but we're trying to be intentional and deliberate with what scripture is is telling us to do and i think the thing one of the things that is uh such a conviction of mine is that when we approach god we approach with reverence um we were just reading about this um in first corinthians 14 i think it was first corinthians 14 um the secret, uh, okay, so if an unbeliever comes in to worship, his response should be to flee because he doesn't want to be a part of what's going on or it should be to fall on his face in front mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. It should not be to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. His, his experience in worship should not be to feel comfortable. He should feel welcomed. He should know that he, we want him or her to be there, but they should not feel as though we're structuring things for their enjoyment or comfort or anything. We want them to have that, you know, the, 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 the I'll, I'll use a word that, the, but the terror of coming before the living God and woe is me, I am undone. And that's, and that only can happen when you are worshiping reverently. It doesn't have to be this order of service, but there has to be a level of reverence there. A a friend of mine visited Sunday evening, and um, his comment was he really loved uh, the seriousness of the worship, that people were there with the same goal to worship God, and they were were serious about doing Mm. that. Yeah. And And reverence is a good word to insert there, too. And then he also loved the kids being there, like yeah. we all do. We're I, to it. I think it would be, especially because um, this isn't a actual worship service, mm-hmm. I think it would be, as just in your point, is that we do want to make sure, and, 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 and you've already been doing that some, and I talked a little bit about why we're kneeling. I think it is important from up front to really communicate the why behind what we're doing, you know, so that... So it doesn't become a rote thing. Well, mm-hmm. this is what we do when we go to this church. We stand up at this time, sit down at this time. You know that there is a because you know you said there's a reason behind every stand up and sit down. I think it would be good to to for us to be transparent to that at least initially as yeah. people are coming in yeah. and getting used to it and, and saying this is why we're standing up here. Right. This is why it's we're just we're sitting for this song. This is why we're kneeling at this mm-hmm. point. You know, right. to really help people to say because again the. Get engaging the body in worship is really important, um, but there also has to be a mental engagement with why I'm engaging my body. Mm. You know, like that, you know, am I getting on my knees just to be more uncomfortable when I pray because that'll make me more alert? No, mm. that's not what we're doing. We're, there's a there is a there is a reverence. Right. This is we're showing reverence by right. by humbling ourselves before our Lord as we you know, um, come before Him with our right. So I just. And it doesn't have to be a long sermon, just a quick, mm. you know, mm-hmm. just little snippets of yep. it. And we can, over time, continue to kind of train yeah. in that, just like this is 
this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing you know, kind of. it. it Reformed people can sometimes be the worst in this, but just Americans oftentimes are, can, can fall into this trap. But just the idea that we worship up in our heads. Right. Like that's, that's where worship goes on. It, it happens in here and it happens in my heart. And it's something to, entirely invisible and internal. And it's only, it's just me. I, I'm the right. only one that knows about it. It's like that, is, that might be your quiet time in the morning. That might be six days out of the week. That might be how you worship God. And, and if, if you have those times of intimacy with God, praise the Lord for that. But corporate worship is a time when we come together and we are not private about it. Yeah. We are not, it's not just... Yeah, anyways, that's, I think you guys are in agreement on that. I enjoyed raising hands the other day. I've done that since the Amy Grant concert. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that takes me back. Yeah, I know. She's taking Driving back through too. a snowstorm from Pullman to Spokane to watch Amy Grant. <laughs> Your dad will have to Amy Grant is later. <laughs> No, I think the order of service, it, for me, it's been just fine. Um, and kind of uh, getting initiated, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I, that's a great word. It's a good word, yeah. But just initiated into it, it's going to seem a rather, uh, the segments are going to be rather discreet instead of kind of flowing. Yes. Because we're all getting we're all getting used to it. Yep. And so I think the your approach the approach you guys are doing is really yeah. good. Um, and by the time by the time you launch, um, man, everybody's going to kind of be mm. in, in sync, you know, yeah. uh, with everything. So I, yeah. I I really like it. I know. I do. And Kay does as well. Oh, that's great. Yes, I appreciate what she said in. Does um, so? So we've done two now. Um, we did our uh, the, the one that was before this was was way more stripped down. You know, it was um, and this one was was pretty much. I mean, this is like both feet in the deep end kind of thing when it comes to covenant renewal worship. This uh, I've not been. I've not experienced covenant renewal worship that's more liturgical for lack of a better word than this so um what about the disobedience of your father yeah yeah we did hey. not read genesis <laughs> four I think it was hey i was remembering the fifth commandment oh, hey, yeah, he began by confessing so yeah, that's right <laughs> sorry yeah no that's good we're speaking seriously all right <laughs> Well, I, I, I didn't quite hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he needs to borrow your hearing aid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pardon me. <laughs> if he got a hearing aid, he'd have to listen. Apathetical <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on now! I there's got to be we can't go through this black bylaws and have a million problems and not have some some type of problem with this. <laughs> Do we have a plan for adding like uh, the, the needs of the congregation to our prayer list? Yeah, uh, that's great. Great oh, question. Yeah, yep. Really yeah. So so pr- pr- basically, um, I, I'd like to hear how how you guys did at Trinity at Christ Church in Spokane. We there was an whoever whoever was set up to pray. 
Uh, and it was usually, you know, usually they would, be, they would be known, they would be let known a week or two in advance, but they would get sent an email that had like the running prayer requests, the things that needed, or the running things to be thankful for. And you weren't required to, to pray before any of them, but most of the time people wanted to, to yeah. pray those things. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a great thing. I'm logistically, I'm not sure the best way of doing that outside of maybe just a, an email chain that gets right. kind of re- repeated. Um, as I recall, Trinity, they have broken up into three sections, family, church, and state, everything else. Okay, everything else, yeah. Because uh, there's international stuff in there, too. Right. My first one's a country, and I'm like, wait, yeah. there's a bunch of other stuff in there. And then three guys sign up every week to, to pray for each section. Oh, they sign up. Right. They, yeah, there's usually a, a notebook in the back. Got it. And yeah. if, if people aren't signing up, then they usually send it in the, in the newsletter email or say it from the pulpit. Um, and then um, on, I don't know who compiles it, but obviously they, they talk about, um, they usually pick a church within the, the area and say, mm-hmm. please pray for, or be thankful for, you know, pastor, um, the name is Casey, the guy up in British Columbia who's mm-hmm. part of the CREC, right. or Jerry, you know, from uh, yeah. Redeemer Church, mm-hmm. or... Um, actually, it's not Redeemer Church, is it? Um, but anyway, and then on Mondays, that list goes out as an email blast to everybody. On Mondays? Yeah. Everybody in the, in the church, church or, or on the email list. Yeah, Because I still get it. Yeah. So yeah. They tried to cut me off a couple of times. I'm like, no, no, I still want it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll keep praying, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the, the Presbyterian church that I grew up in, they would have a, a time of prayer where someone would come forward, but they'd also would take requests. In the midst of it. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that we'd be open to? Or? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. It, certainly initially, for, for sure. Um, I think as we go to the live status as a mission church, we will want to think about is is the flow, it, the flow of things is that disruptive i mean right now we're doing like a discussion for a sermon right, right. so absolutely right now that's a great idea i think that'd be a good way to build up the kind of prayer concern <laughs> list or whatever and, and right. also um you know humans are naturally um opposed to asking for help mm-hmm. and so just building that this the nature of asking for prayer you know I right think that's really important. i like that yeah, love it. That's good. That's really good, Alan. Good thinking there, um, Dad. Um, on on the order of service. Um, so I've I've gotten through almost everybody. There's a few people at the table here that I haven't asked to do anything, but there's also. So I'm, I'll get to you, um, <laughs> Dean. Can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I would love. I mean, because we're practicing, I would love for anybody who has a desire to do any anything in here to speak up. Um, because I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, I'd like to do this, but you know, Joe always does this, or because there's there's no sacred cows here, at least not not as we're practicing, as as we go to to become an actual mission church. Some of this stuff, um, I think, is is going to is going to be much more suited, or will have to be done by the elder, elders, or by the ministers, however however you want to whatever language you want to use. But initially, we're practicing and and. I think that it's we're, it, we can be really we can be um, very experimental in how how we do things and, and getting people used to how, how things are are done. So um, 
think it is good for us to ask for input from our family members too, just kind of what the experience is. Mm -hmm. We're going to experience it one way, and yep. our kids and our wives and our yeah. you know, are going to experience it different ways, just to get some feedback of right. what they took out of it. You know, I'm used to it because of the church that I went to. And so, yeah, I sit there going, hmm, I wonder what they think about this. Yeah. I wonder what they think about this. I, I want to know what Lonnie thought. She, it, she so. did not like the prayer petition. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was when he went up there. Lottie <laughs> well, did not like the prayer petition. I remember she started screaming when he left her. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that. I was a clear vote against that one. I've, you know, it's funny when I try to get input from my kids, I have to be like, okay, you can't say anything about the snacks. <laughs> we, we know you like the snacks. We know you like the gym. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You like recess. Is the basketball offer? Is that part of the service? That's right. <laughs> How about you, Eddie? Did you, you like Sunday night service so far? Yes. What? Your dad, your dad does a good job. Eddie. He does do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna go after Spencer in that role? I hear I hear chapter three spicy. That's what Andrew told me. <laughs> he said chapter three of that book is spicy. That's spicy. That's spicy. That's good word to use right there. That's why used to describe pop. He didn't like pop when he was a kid because it was too spicy. Right. Okay. Well, we'll probably um, largely follow the same format then on Sunday. Um, one of the things that is going to be helpful for me um, is for guys who who would like to, to help put together the texts that we're going to be using. So we have a meditation. Um, we have a call to worship uh, scripture. So, I mean, one of the things I love about this order of service is that it's just saturated with scripture. There's just scripture. Yeah. Just, um, and, and so there's, there's, the, there's the meditation that we prepare our hearts for worship. There is the, the um, call to worship. There is the um, corporate confession before we confess our sins. There is the, um, the, the sure. verse before, there's the verse after that says that you've been forgiven. Um, there is a responsive reading. Um, there's an, there's a, usually there's a creed. We don't always have to do these things, but under the scripture reading, um, there is, that's, once again, the, those scripture readings can be, a lot of times churches will, will take those scripture readings and they'll just be working their way through the Old Testament. So, you know, they read a chapter of Exodus and they read a chapter of Matthew. Uh, and that's just those that exist just so people can hear the word of God. In a lot of churches, the only scripture you hear on a Sunday is the scripture right before the pastor preaches, mm -hmm. if you're lucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he yeah. happens to be <laughs> preaching from the Bible. <laughs> is, so, um, does the does the preaching follow this, or is this just this is separate, and then the sermon is? A lot of times it's all connected in as well. Yeah, okay. So if you if you were to look at um, like the a lot of these uh, like the the responsive reading that that was in our chapter that we read about mm. um, the the scripture reading the Genesis and the Mark those those were in in our chapter uh, the Psalm twenty three uh, or the, the certainly the Psalm one twenty eight we sing that one a lot but that one once again is about covenant uh, the covenant promises of God. Um, but you know, prayer of Thanksgiving, we'll need a we'll need a verse for that, and and it's not like the person that's putting this together has to come up with every verse every time. So if you're doing a prayer of Thanksgiving, you just know you need to start with a psalm of Thanksgiving. If you're doing the prayer of petition, you need to start with a psalm of petition. Um, 
but but it, you know if you guys if people want to help like put that together like hey I got it this week I'll I'll put those scripture references together that that will help me immensely because that takes a lot of time that takes a lot of thought yeah um, sure so that that would be a great thing for even if you don't even if you're not up there talking or you know leading any of this just putting it together that takes significant time um, and we've got the layout now so it'll be a lot faster this week yeah could you um, just maybe send us electronic yeah. Like, a, kind of a template. Template, thank you. Yeah. And I'm having trouble with it. <laughs> memorial. Right. Yeah, that's a memorial. Memorial, template. Right. Get it, get it. Or even, or even uh, sometimes this kind of layout to get it all fit on one page so you don't have the, the, the whole, you know, the booklets. Yeah. Um, sometimes that can be a little tricky. I don't mind doing that, but I can also, if, if people are struggling with getting it to, to lay out on a page, I can help with that too, but really putting together the actual content because the content matters. Well, that, that's what I meant. It's just right. the, the template as in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, right. I mean, I have this, but it'd be, yep. it'd be helpful if we just had yep. a, a Absolutely. copy. So do you, just do you use Word or Publisher or something? I use, um, for this was, um, yeah, Word. Word? Basically. Yeah. Because um, yeah, uh, sometimes it comes as a PDF, and if it's yeah. Word, Word, then you can just, yep. you can just go yep. ahead exactly. and start cutting Okay. Great. So we can use Microsoft. Okay, so uh, let's see, what are we doing on time? We are, I don't have time, who's got the time? 8.30. Instead of going into biblical, well actually, really quickly, on the biblical eldership, we don't have to talk about any part of the, the booklet right tonight. Um, has that has anything changed in terms of as we've been thinking about it and praying about it? I know last week I was I made my intentions known to want to be examined for it, um, so I'll want to put myself under the, the under the care of them as they are looking at this. Um, I was talking with an elder at the Oli, uh, OBPC up in Olympia, uh, Olympia Bible Presbyterian Church, and he was telling me about a um, megachurch that a PCA pastor was pastoring. So, you know, PCA is a good, is a good uh, denomination. Uh, and it was 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was, it's like the biggest PCA church in the U.S., I think. Wow. And he's like, you know how many elders they have? And, like, I'm bracing myself for, like, what, three? <laughs> you know, it, it, but they've got 90 elders wow. on, on this session. Mm-hmm. And his, key, his, his desire is that we're an elder-run church. I don't want... Our, the size of our church to dictate the fact that an elder can only see a family once a year or once right. every other year. Right. And so a plurality of elders for those who are qualified is, is really, really key. Mm-hmm. This is so, so I, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot of work. That's the, the, uh, our booklet here is definitely trying to scare people away, <laughs> scare people away who are just there to, for something to do, but it's really, really important. To have that kind of um, to have that plurality of elders, so yeah, and it's also even harder if there's only one. <laughs> oh man, yeah, exactly. Or two, or you know, yeah, I mean, the, absolutely. If we have you know a number of qualified elders mm-hmm. that, are, that are well, as long as they understand those scriptures. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Um, so, does anybody have anything to talk about on the on the eldership side of things? Just maybe where you guys are at personally, or anything about elders. Um, he said it really well today um, that he want, doesn't want to say want to be an elder, but he wants to be able to qualify. Yep. And that's kind of the same with me. I know that I don't qualify. I'm not married. Um, but I'd like to get in a position mm-hmm. that when or if that ever changes, you know, that I 
because it seems like a good meter stick. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I think something you had said one time um, that, that all men, if they're you know work, you know following God rightly, should be qualified. Mm. Like that's the standard. You know, like yeah, right. like if we're not, there's something I'm in. Right. So it would be good that all the men in the church are married to one. Yeah, um, qualified like to do so. Right. I never heard that. Same response. So if you're if you're single, you can't qualify to be an elder. I actually asked Dave that, that same question. I, he did not answer me. <laughs> I, so I don't actually know. I'm, I was going to stay silent on that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, honestly, I was really astounded when you said that. Well, uh, it says that your family is in good order or whatever specifically. Husband and born wife. I think if, if, if yeah, applicable is, is implied in there, isn't it? Don't you think? Well, yeah, we, I mean, what if Apostle Paul could apply? Yeah. yeah. So Paul and oh, Jesus, <laughs> Paul, Paul and Jesus both would be not qualified. That's assuming you know? Paul wasn't married. Pardon me. That's, That's assuming that Paul was Well, married. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, he, there's absolutely no reference to his wife. And he and even even talks about being single mm. and how how that can be a really well, marked If thing he was married, the chances are they're forced to... A divorce on him when he converted, right? You know, so. I. Well, so I, I I think. I was just really astounded when you said that. That rather than go down that rabbit trail, or, it's not even a rabbit trail. That's a really important thing. I'd love to hear what the biblical eldership um, book has to say on that, just to get someone who's studied the issue. Um, that I will say that's something that I've I've thought about. But I have not ever had a conviction on one way or the other. I have I have thought about it just because if you're pastoring people, if you're if you need to have that pastoral heart for people, and you don't have the experience of you know husband husband uh, being a husband and being a father, then maybe that's where that idea is coming from. But well, I just remember when I was 22 and I was a youth pastor. I remember parents coming to me asking me questions on how to parent their kids. And I remember saying, you're asking me? I'm not supposed to know how to parent kids. I'm 22 years old. Yeah. And right. I think there is that kind of idea that, I mean, uh, not to say that just because you're young you can't be, but I, I think there is a testing that's that's important. And mm-hmm. again, I, I'm just now thinking, of, mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised when you said that too, but, I, yeah. but I'm just, you know, kind of thinking about that. There is, there is some value to having been tested in the sense of yeah. I know that I'm a completely different man than I was before I was married but and a completely different man than I was before yeah. I was yeah. had there, kids so. there's, there's a difference though I think between having uh, having experience and, and having yeah. that experience lend itself to counseling versus qualification yes you yes. know that you see in Timothy and Titus I mean, mm. well <clears throat> something I just thought about too with the um, here in Timothy and the his husband of one wife Given the context of the time period and the if culture, you're married, have one, one I think wife. I think that there was fairly common for people to have more than one wife in that culture. And I think Paul yeah. is saying that's yeah. not what yeah. the order God gave us. So if you're married, you should have one wife. That's how I always understood exactly. it. Well. Yeah, me too. I look at Spurgeon. Good say, but he started his first pulpit was 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was pretty young. 22 <laughs> or 19, then maybe. Well, okay, I watched the documentary recently. Yeah. Yeah. So. Luther? <laughs> yeah, go back a little further. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> and part of the, where did the, Joe go? 
He said enough. Fresh. <laughs> I literally there didn't see him leave. Yeah, yeah, I literally <laughs> didn't see him leave the table. I just like, looked up and he was gone. Alright, he's on his Lord, help me. <laughs> he's on his knees up there. Descend on this rabble. Would be if you were brought an issue that you were not qualified, you could defer that to someone, maybe an elder who couldn't answer that question. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was uh, when I was doing recovery, um, I know some some of the guys we had, they didn't want to talk to someone who hadn't who hadn't right. who isn't in recovery themselves. Mm-hmm. But I've known a lot of a lot of folks who did not yes. have an issue who were really good counselors. Yeah, right. as well. So for sure. Yeah. Names. What do we want to call this church? I've got a rule that don't go to a, a CrossFit gym that sounds like a church and don't go to a church that sounds like a CrossFit gym. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right there. Those are words to live by. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent principle right there. It's, it's kind of so it's, not the, it's not the pump you up church then, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> you write a book. That was uh, that was the quote Kirby, of the night. Kirby's Kirby, now I'm going to be looking to see what what CrossFit gyms call yeah, themselves. Right. Well, <laughs> not like seriously, it's you know CrossFit broken chains, CrossFit like broken <laughs> chains. No, like yeah, really. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, for a lot of CrossFit people, there it's, it is a religion too. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's where the name is. RCLC, man. Reformed Church of Luke County. There's something that's descriptive so that people will know yeah. what it is. No doubt. I'm perfectly happy with Christchurch. Yeah. It's I like Christchurch Centralia, CCC, but that's not descriptive. I mean, not descriptive like. Well, it's not, you know, St. Joseph's. So right. In the picture yeah. there. Holy Mother of the Sacred Heart. <laughs> Church on a hill. Yeah, that's right. Church, Church in a building. Yeah, that's right. Can we decide right now, too, that we're not going to have a board out front with catchy sayings on it? Amen. Oh, we're not having a reader board with the catchy sayings. I'm out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you were going to become a deacon just to update the sign. Update the sign. I'm already got a list going on now. <laughs> Come in for a free ticket to heaven. Oh, calling. I like Christ Church because that's the church that we went to in Spokane. Um, and Christ Church in the CREC is a, is a common one that they use. They also use Trinity a lot. And if Trinity is the planting church, Trinity Church is fine. That's, that's fine with me too. Um, I like, I like the, the feel of Christ Church, Christ Church Centralia or Christ Church Chehalis, depending on which which town we end up in if we end up in an actual particular locale. So um, how about a genuine question? Yeah. I don't have a lean this way, but should the word reformed be anywhere? Or does that throw people off? Um, you know, there's the, like the one down in Oregon City's Reformation Covenant. Covenant, Reformation Covenant. Um, and I, you know, there's like the one we're going to up in Olympia. It's Olympia Bible Presbyterian Church. And they're very specific on how they name churches. It's Bible Presbyterian Church in whatever city they're in. Mm-hmm. So it's always the same. That's the same. That's how they always, that's how they always do it. Um, 
But I don't think reform necessarily has to be in it. And part of the reason, part of the idea behind that is that it is a reformed church, but so often reformed churches can get so myopic in just just the five points of Calvinism. And that's not at all what what this is. This is the this is the kind of the the breadth of reformational thinking, reformational ideas, um, and that's so much beyond just. I mean, the sovereignty of God, of course, informs all of that, but it's so much beyond just that. Um, Simple reformation. And, and we yeah. also learned from um, one of the uh, pamphlets that our the, the Christian Reformed Church puts out is that reform doesn't quite mean what it used to mean. <laughs> yes, so, reform's always reforming. Some people use it to mean reform, that church needs to be reformed by science or by culture. Yeah, and by, right. So there's a real danger, not danger, but there's a little bit of ambiguity about that word. Right. Which is that really unfortunate. Because, right. Yeah. I do like the idea of branding, that if a name, boom, just in a couple words, has the opportunity to tell instantly what you believe. Yeah. I, I think I like the idea of covenantal, of some kind of a, I mean, because that is a big part of our mm-hmm. worship. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, um, one of the reasons why I'm kind of pushing on this, even even though we have any, we're not even going to li- the live service yet, is because, um, and maybe I said this in the email, Dave, Dave would like us to have a name for the bylaws. So it's not Trinity Church bylaws, Trinity Church Bothell bylaws. Mm-hmm. Um, because it would, we need to have some type of bylaws set up before we start so that we have something that we're founding upon. And that those bylaws need to have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, why don't we, why don't you guys think about it? So we've got Trinity Church, we've got Christ Church, Christ Church, and then we could add the, the locality, you know, Trinity Church Centralia, Christ Church Centralia, that kind of thing. Uh, covenant church or covenant reformation similar to like the I've done what's that yeah I mean those are those are all those are all good good things to throw on the kind of throw on the table and and look at the name of the other two churches up in the Seattle area is uh, Redeemer Church and Emmanuel Church Mm -hmm. so we could pick something along that yep there was one over in um, Wenatchee is that Christ the King uh, King's King, Cross. King's Cross, which I always thought that was a confusing one. King's Cross. But... Sounds like a CrossFit gym. So yeah. <laughs> King's Cross. Breaks pretty drill. That one's out. <laughs> Sorry. I think I'm trained when I think of King's Cross. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, what's one of these? Say Semper Reformanda. Is that, is that how you mm-hmm. say that? You know, maybe Christ Church Centralia and then maybe a subheading mm-hmm. Semper Reformanda. Right. You know, when I, when I, when I go online and I look, where is there a reformed church around mm-hmm. here? It can be difficult to try that because you go, boy, this, this is a bit of a shoot trip, maybe going over here. Because <laughs> right. you're not really sure. Yeah. And then you go in, and, and I'm, I tell you, they've, they've uh, you know, all these, a lot of these uh, mission statements and their the statements of faith, they're so boilerplate. Oh, yeah, I know that. It. And then you go, and you go, they're not even following their own edicts. And, and Les, I, I love what you're saying there because I, I didn't mean that we don't want to lead with the word reformed. I, oh, I, I think the reformed church is excellent. That's the whole point. We want to be unapologetically mm-hmm. reformed in our doctrine. And I think having that right out there at the beginning is important. Um, and, and, and so when people are looking for it, it isn't boilerplate and it isn't mm-hmm. v- very vanilla. <laughs> you know, we, I, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, but that word reform, given just by what Les said, it, it, it's kind of the handle that kind of get, draws them in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, right. So, once again, not pushing for it at all because... Yeah. I'm just... Pushing for what? I'm not pushing for any particular okay. word. You know, I think I'm still just with Kirby so far. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree upon that. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep. No, I like the way he did it too. So, Christchurch Centra- Centra- yeah. Centra- Simple Reformation. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, what does that mean then? Uh, always reforming. Always reforming. Always reforming. Yeah. I thought it might be like. Uh, Marine thing. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the Marines are Semper Gumby. Semper Gumby. Always flexible, man. Always flexible. Well, think, think about it. Let's, uh, let's have a, a brief discussion before we start our order of service on Sunday. Um, that way, guys like Andrew can have a say on it. I, I, Luke. Luke, Luke can have a say as well, or you know, at least get their idea out there. And then we'll we'll try to have the goal of having an, a, at least a working name um, for Dave by this Sunday. And then that working name doesn't have to be set in stone, but it can be at least the name that we go with, kind of moving forward um, until we decide. Like, okay, we're gonna f- launch officially, and our bylaws are in order, but we actually have all. Changed our ideas, and this is our this is our name. That's always a possibility as well. So, so we're just looking for something to put on the document for now. Exactly, so. but but I mean, it's not like we don't want it to matter. We, we right. if right. it could we're be the church, the yeah, if it could be the church name, then that'd be great. So, yeah, I liked it. All right, anything else? This has been good, guys. I pre- really appreciate you guys coming, Addy. Good job sitting through that. So, Thad, are you going to send? Are you going to email yeah. stuff out? I'll, I'll yeah I'll type it up and maybe I'll send out an email initially just to say you know send me your the points of that you have questions about or yeah. concerns about or whatever you know yep. and then I will. Um, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, mine so isn't. I'm not. I have something down on paper, but I, I wanted. I didn't really look at all the scriptures, and so now I'm going to. Yeah. Just okay. To be do the due diligence. Sure. Part, sure. Okay. Great. Um, and then. Maybe after we pray, you guys can talk to me about what part you want to play in the order of service on Sunday. I'm happy to do more of this, but I also want people to have as much of a role as you guys feel comfortable with. I love, I love hearing, hearing from everybody um, up there. I can probably do more scripture reading. <laughs> but next time have well, people sit down. Yeah, I, I didn't see that where we have Frank's weekly yeah, scripture Frank's reading. Week. From the fireside chat with Frank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Words with Frank. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> on that, Dad, you want to close this in prayer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what did you say? Frank words. Frank words. A Frank discussion. You get your vernacular back. Yes, I have words. Yeah, very good. All right, let's pray. Father, we do appreciate this opportunity, and this opportunity would be uh, founded, and of course, based on your word. And it is challenging. There is uh, there's many good believers out there, and there are doctrinal differences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe they're both wrong, but they can't both be exactly right on every issue. But somehow, uh, I feel that we need to be able to... Uh, get together on these things and decide, well, is this something that we need to split up over and how we're baptized or not, or, or just whatever. And, and, and there are concerns, and bigger for some than others, but uh, 
we, we want to be open to this. We want to be open to your leading and certainly not ignore the scriptures or, or just kind of go, okay, well, just whatever. But this is a very um, directional thing and uh, like our order of worship so far, I, I feel, Lord, that we've been uh, very, uh, are trying to be respectful, trying to be uh, reverent, trying to have a purpose Mm -hmm. And a reason, uh, as Dave even said, to sing loud. Um, mm -hmm. and so we want to be pleasing in your sight through all these things, and it's uh, it can be challenging for sure. Yeah. And we just ask for your blessing. Amen. 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 <clears throat> and if I could maybe just uh, for those of you guys who can take who can manage the time between now and Sunday, if you could, if we can get this idea, Thad, that you're putting together the, the, the bullet points that are problematic or that need to go or whatever, you know, this bullet point goes or I go kind of thing. Um, those, those, this is, this is our bylaws, you know, yeah. and I don't know what, what ones are, are absolutely critical and which ones we can do without. We'll have to present that to Dave cause they're going to be taking care of us, but, but let's, let's get it. Let's try and get any issues we've got with the bylaws kind of submitted to Thad so that we can, kind of have those together so we can get them to to Dave by um, uh, I mean I don't know if this Sunday's too too early to try to have that done but but this is going to be a, a digital thing it's not we, we don't need to wait for next Thursday for it to happen but if you guys need more time than Sunday let me know or let Thad know maybe yeah. um, and uh, otherwise let's let's get this knocked out because we don't need to spend too much time on this uh, especially when you when you think about the fact that the bylaws matter, but what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is is not the bylaws. <laughs> what right. we're doing on the day-to-day -day basis is somewhat informed by the bylaws, but it's us together, and it's the Centralia Church. It's the Chehalis Centralia, Lewis County Church. It's not Trinity Church. It's not King's CrossFit. It's not <laughs> Christ Church Moscow. It's, it's Centralia. So. Anyways, that's that's all I have. Maybe, on uh, maybe Joe, I'll just I'll wait a little bit before I send my document out, um, or maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll send it right away. Yes, yeah, send Actually, it. What I could do is send it out as soon as I can, and then you can just you guys can comment on, you know, either like yeah, I, I have an issue with that too, or or even give a little quick explanation of why you think it's good or whatever, and then add your own points to it, and make sure you, um, you know. Article two, section B, so we right. know where to look. You know, so it's right. not just a. Yep. You know. Cool. So just kind of add Thanks for it. doing that, Thad. You add to it and send it back to me. I'll, yeah. I'll just kind of keep sending it out. So. Good. Okay.